it makes him real. For me anyway, it kind of takes me back like, these are real people. Like Nicodemus, real person. John, real person. These people walked the earth. They had real emotion, real fear, questions about Jesus, just like we do today. You're listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast about what life is like following Jesus as a young adult. My name is Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. I'm Mike, and I'm in Family Life's performing arts department. And I'm Lydia, and I work in the front office. I I think what's so cool about the Bible is believing that it's a living word. It's something that uh, maybe at least part of what that means is you can get something different from it each time, and each person can get something different from the Bible, reading the same book, but mm-hmm. getting different things. And that's part of the cool stuff that happens on If That Makes Sense, because this time around, we're just going through the book of John right now. And it's been really fun to do this, really cool. And I'm always looking forward to these conversations, but we get like this little self-contained episode in today's passage that we're reading. Mm-hmm. Like it's this this unique little story to the book of John. So let's not wait any longer than we have to and just jump right into John chapter three, doing the first 21 verses of that. And... Lydia, do you want to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. 
I, I call this little bit an episode here because it, it really does feel like a scene. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. It is. It's a self-contained scene. And what I like about John, something I feel like I'm seeing all over the place as we read it now, is how visual of an author he is. Mm. And he gives us this really interesting setting where it starts, that he came to Jesus by night. Just because it's at the beginning, that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now, is how this whole thing starts. Like, why is he, I've heard different people talk about why, but like, why is he coming to him at night? Why is that significant? Why is that mentioned? Did any of you see that or feel like you're thinking about that this time? Yeah, I feel like whenever I've heard any preacher or speaker talk about Nicodemus, they always – it's I mean, it's just kind of like – it just sets the scene. Like you just it, – it's not like they were just like walking by in a park. It was like he came to him. It, it just feels intentional. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I, I've I've heard different people say it's, you know, he was afraid of what the Jewish rulers might think of him if they saw him like coming to Jesus. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of different – speculations of of why it happened at night but it it does feel like it sets the tone for their meeting that it there was like an intentional thing because it was included i mean if it was again if it, if it didn't mean anything yeah. i feel like why mm-hmm. would he include it so i don't know i guess in my mind it it's it makes it set up as nicodemus is like i'm really curious about who jesus is but i'm also a little nervous to go to him and talk mm. to him. It, it, I don't know. And maybe, again, maybe I'm projecting on Nicodemus, but it just feels like it gives him real – it makes him real. And I know that mm. he is real, but I love it when the Bible – when there's like something kind of pops out and you just – like you – it for me anyway, it kind of takes me back like these are real people. Like Nicodemus, real person. John, real person. Jesus, real person. Like these, this isn't just like a made-up thing. This is – this is these people walked the earth. They had real emotion, real fear, real confusions, you know, questions about Jesus, just like we do today. So I appreciate Nicodemus and his questions because we all have them. He's just a real dude doing life <laughs> the best he can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Jesus isn't afraid of that. Jesus isn't afraid of the fact that he has questions. Mm-hmm. And Jesus isn't upset by that. Yeah. He's not like um, he does say one thing to him that's interesting and we'll get to in a second, but like he, he is patient to work in this man's life over time. Nicodemus doesn't get it by the end of this passage. Passage finishes. We don't hear about Nicodemus for a few more chapters. He does mm-hmm. come into the play into play in the book of John in a couple other significant places, but he doesn't really get it, get it by the end of this. He hasn't like made a decision for Christ. And it's interesting to me because I'm thinking about like if you've got a loved one you pray for or somebody, maybe even you've like out and out witnessed to them and been discouraged that they haven't made a decision for Christ yet, that maybe they're on the fence, that Mm -hmm. maybe you haven't seen a person really come to make a decision to be a Christian. You're like, man, it's not working. Well, Jesus doesn't seem bothered by that. He's like, (laughs) he's, he's the spirit is working slowly patiently in Nicodemus's life. Mm -hmm. And Nicodemus has questions and Jesus answers them. He also answers them in his Jesus fashion and kind of (laughs) like says things that you really have to stop and ponder over. But I'm loving that as like something that's personally encouraging both for the places that I don't get it yet and God's still patiently working with me and maybe with some of those other people that we think about and wonder, boy, I, I thought God was working in their life, but maybe he's not. Maybe I should say to myself, Instead, you know, maybe God is working, but maybe he's just working patiently yeah. through this person. <laughs> yeah. I think it also is interesting that Nicodemus witnessed 
the miracles that Jesus had been doing. You know, and I I don't know if he had like listened to his teaching or if he had just like see, you know seen people get healed or whatever. But you know he he saw what Jesus was doing and that made him want to know more. And I think I don't know. I guess the application for me in my life could be, you know, am I living my life in a way that when people see it, they they want to know more. It makes them have questions like, hmm, why did she respond that way when? you know, she, she, she could have responded this way or, yeah. you know, like our, our lives are a testimony to who Jesus is and what he's done in our life, probably more so than our words when we are like, Hey, let me witness to you and tell you about Jesus. It's like, Hey, when I live my life in a way that I'm, I'm representing Jesus just by my actions and how I treat people and how I respond that that often, I think, can can bring about questions in people more so than if I would have sat down and be like, let me teach you about the Bible and tell uh-huh. you all the things that you need to know <laughs> about scripture. You know, because with Nicodemus, you know, yeah, he was a member of the, like the Jewish council. He was in a position of authority, but he saw what Jesus was doing and that made him want to know more. Mm. But yeah, then Jesus lays it out, man. He... <laughs> 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 well, he does, yeah. He does call him out because he... He uses this metaphor, which is going to take off and get super famous. And everybody, even if you don't know anything about Jesus, you'll have heard born again before. Mm-hmm. But it seems like <laughs> Nicodemus is a very literal person, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like I'm thinking of Guardians of the Galaxy with the character Drax. who there, He doesn't understand metaphor. Anything you say like that's going to go right over his head. Says, Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. It's like, <laughs> Point. <laughs> Nicodemus is the Drax of the New Testament. This, <laughs> this metaphor goes over his head. He says, you need to be born again, Jesus tells him. And he's like, wait, what? I don't understand it. <laughs> How does but, that work? Yeah, I do think it's interesting, just this idea that he's the teacher of Israel, Jesus puts it. He says, if you're, you're the teacher of Israel, if you don't understand these things, uh, like you kind of feel like he really is calling him out. Are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. But there are times too, where I read Jesus words and I'm like scratching my head and mm-hmm. be like, um, okay, Lord, I need one of those moments where you pull your disciples aside and explain the parable because <laughs> I'm not sure I get all these things. But I mean, just the, the way Jesus teaches, it's not always easy. There is, it can be tough. I was even just thinking like the way Jesus answers Nicodemus, he doesn't really start out by answering him. It's a, to, to Nicodemus, it seems like a roundabout way or even like, well, you didn't really answer my question, hmm. but I just find it interesting that that Jesus is always concerned about the most important important thing. Mm. He's not beating around the bush. He's cutting right to the chase. And he's saying, listen, Nicodemus, I know you have all these questions. Here's the most important thing you need to know. You need to be born again. And then he goes through it, talks about what it means and answers his questions there. It it was just a a reminder to me that Jesus is black and white in, in many ways, even though sometimes it seems really confusing. Right here, he's saying, Here's the most important thing you need to know. I'm about to lay it all out for you. Hmm. It's this. You have to be born again. That's the only way. And then here's what that means. I feel like whenever I read the verse John 3.16 by itself, 
I just hear John 3, 16. Mm-hmm. But whenever I read this passage, um, even if I have one of the translations that cuts off Jesus' quotation in verse 15, I actually really feel like the translations that include John 3, 16 as part of what Jesus is saying, I think that's that's close to the point. Like, I think those words are from his mouth. Mm-hmm. It could be confusing that I'm even saying that because you might be reading from a Bible where where there's quotation marks around John 3:16. But not all what I what I'm bringing it up is because not all Bibles make that a quotation from Jesus. Hmm. But when you read it as a story and you read it like in context of what he's saying to Nicodemus, yeah, he's saying this is why I'm here. Like John 3:16 is Jesus giving his own mission statement, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see what you mean. Oftentimes when I just read that verse I'm thinking of it as the narrator is narrating for God so loved the world. I don't I don't know that I've ever stopped and realized Jesus is talking about when he says that he gave his only son, he's talking about himself right there. Yeah. I also forget that the story of Nicodemus like this is embarrassing, but like I forget that that John 3:16 is like part of Nicodemus cuz I feel yeah. like John 3:16 is so standalone. Mm-hmm. It's just this like <laughs> I don't want to say overquoted because I don't know that you can overquote scripture, but it's, I mean, the first verse you learn at VBS when you're five years old. It's like yeah. tattooed on people's legs. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, it's everywhere. Like John 3.16, I feel like even if you know no other verse in the Bible, you probably know and can quote John 3.16. I mean, how many other verses in the Bible do we know and quote as often as John 3.16? But how many people know that it's in this literally the same chapter with Nicodemus. Yeah. I mean, they don't, mm-hmm. I've, n- I don't ever think about those two things going together. I guess that's, that's my point, which yeah. is just interesting that like the story of Nicodemus, pretty, pretty well known. John 3.16, very well known. The fact that they are, are in the same chapter, like that has to, that has to mean something. Like there has to be weight to that because I don't know. I think it's, it's just an incredible verse and story and the fact that it all happens in John 3. I think it's why what we're doing right now is so important. We're reading the Bible through as a connected story. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're doing this part of the series, we're going to go through the whole book of John. We're not going to skip a single part, not a single beat. And that is what the Bible is. Mm -hmm. The Bible is not a book of quotes to put under pretty calendar pictures. You can put them under pretty calendar pictures. That's fine. (laughs) That's not what it's there for. Yeah. Like it is a whole connected story. Mm -hmm. And there are no parts, there are no tweets in the Bible. You know, there are no (laughs) one-off, one-line. Okay, the book of Proverbs is pretty close to Solomon's Twitter account, I guess. But (laughs) other than that, the Bible is a connected whole story. Yeah. John 3.16 even is not just a cherry pick it out kind of thing. It happens in the context of a story and Jesus is saying it about himself. And I think that lends a lot more weight to what is already a very weighty passage of scripture. Yeah. Talking about the connectedness of the Bible, I I forgot that Moses was in here too. (laughs) If Nicodemus and Moses and Jesus all all here together and Moses is talking about the the serpent in the wilderness and the, the son of man being lifted up. I just thought that was really striking. I, I think often we, we know the parallels back in the Exodus of, of the Passover lamb and the blood that was shed, and that's Jesus. He's our Passover lamb, and he's the perfect sacrifice. But I was even thinking earlier on in the Exodus, what, what was going on? 
God was rescuing his people from mm. slavery and from bondage. And what's Jesus talking about here? He's talking about rescuing us and rescuing Nicodemus from slavery and bondage, not to Pharaoh and not to Egypt, but to ourselves and to our sin. Wow. So I thought that was really cool. But also these these serpents that come up and and the the bronze serpent that Moses crafted and put up on a pole and and the people who got bit by these serpents god tells them look up to the serpent the bronze serpent on the pole and instantly you're going to be healed mm. and there that's jesus on the cross but just combining all of that with with the idea of being born again with the idea of faith alone it's like when you get bit by this snake you you can't run around and look for an antidote. You can't Google what the what the cure is. God's saying, stop trying to fix it yourself and look to the this serpent on the pole. And and so same thing that Jesus is telling Nicodemus here and, and all of us, this whole whole matter of being born again is nothing we can do. We have to stop trying to fix it. We have to stop trying to be good enough, and we just have to look to him, believe in him. And then John 3.16 comes, yeah. which is like this mini version of the gospel that lays it right out. Yeah. One thing I had read was like that Jesus used the story of Moses and the serpent because he would have, he knew that Nicodemus being like a, a ruling Jewish councilman would ha- would have had an extensive knowledge of the Old Testament, you know. So it was kind of mm. like, listen, if none of this other stuff makes sense, like just think about <laughs> <Yeah>. Moses. <laughs> just remember what you know. And I just love that. Jesus is so kind. He goes straight to where Nicodemus is mm-hmm. and he says, Here, here's something that you can understand. Yeah. Let me help you. Mm-hmm. And how could we think that he's going to do anything different mm. with us? Mm-hmm. Maybe all you do know is John three sixteen, and maybe it's just seeing a John three sixteen poster at a football game that gets somebody mm-hmm. to do enough googling to where they find Jesus. But that's the thing: is he knows each person and he finds and looks for you where you're at. I could not help but being like, all right, I don't remember what else happens with Nicodemus. So I was doing a little looking earlier, and like like where he shows up else in the book of John. And there's two other really interesting places, one in the middle of the story and then one at the very end. The cool thing about the one at the end is we see him taking a really important part in the burial of Jesus. Hmm. So you know where this guy's heart is at in the Hmm. end, which is awesome. Yeah. Hmm. But where we go in the middle is Nicodemus is kind of defending Jesus. We get an insider's view into the, the Pharisees are together. The religious leaders of the Jews are together. And being like, why isn't anybody stopping this guy? Why hasn't anybody arrested him yet? And Nicodemus stands up for Jesus and was like, oh, well, we really, you know, we, we, um, actually I'll read what I have here. He says, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he's been doing? Mm-hmm. I love that Nicodemus says that to his coworkers, basically, <laughs> when Nicodemus is like, I actually did meet with him once and heard what he's all about. And it's, it's actually really good. But, but, um, I mean, we should at least hear him out first, right? I mean, maybe one of us should go and talk to him. We could do that. And he's already done that. Probably hasn't told his buddies about it yet. But, um, <laughs> hence the nighttime. Yeah. Hence the nighttime. Exactly. Hence going to see Jesus late at night. It's interesting though, because the Pharisees are so mad 
that the people, all the people like Jesus, it's the, the, they call them even in my translation, this mob knows nothing of the law. There's a curse on them. That's what the Pharisees say about the people who are all loving what Jesus is saying and hanging on his every word. I could be reading too much into things here, but I thought it was so cool when I learned that Nicodemus's name means victory of the people. Mm. Like Nike, like Nike, the shoes means victory. Mm. And Demos is like where you get democracy. It's the rule of the people. So mm. Nicodemus means victory of the people. Wow. And I think it's so cool that his Pharisee compatriots are saying the people don't know anything about God. We elite know God. But Nicodemus, who was a one of the elite that God chose, to actually understand what the real victory of the people is, yeah. which is Jesus, mm. the yeah. Savior mm. of the whole world. Yeah. For God so loved the world, mm -hmm. the whole world, even this mob, as the Pharisees would call them. Nope, God loved them all and sent his son for them. And Jesus just has so much significance that he gives to personal names that I think there's no way that was lost <laughs> on Jesus when he told him, hey, God so loved the world, all the people, yeah. that he sent his son. He's telling that to a guy whose name means victory of the people. Something John does a lot is he, from the very beginning of the book, contrasts light mm -hmm. and dark. Like that's even how the book of John starts. Hmm. Yeah. And in John 3, right after John 3, 16, we do get a lot of contrast, again, of light and dark. It comes up again. These are the words of Jesus that are being said here in John 3. But I think it's interesting to think that he's saying this at night. Like he's, <laughs> while he's telling Nicodemus this, there might be lamplight, but it's dark out. And I think that's cool that he talks about believing in God, believing in his son is to have the light in you and to have seen the light of the world. And that's even a, a title that Jesus is giving himself, the light of the world. And if you know me, you know light and are turning your back on darkness. But I love that that cool theme of light that John deals with so often, light and dark, it's coming into play here, even in John 3. So in verse 19, he talks about this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Hmm. I, I was just thinking of that as sort of sort of a uh, a commentary on today and where we're at today and of course you could say that um there's nothing new under the sun you could say that whatever time you're living in but just listening to all the news and all the stuff that's going on that seems so backwards and so confusing and there's some comfort <laughs> to realize that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, said, look, this is what's going to happen. The light's going to come into the world, and people are going to be more concerned with their own stuff and their own evil deeds. They're going to like the darkness. They're going to say the darkness is good and the light is not good. And that, that to me, is just like, that's where we are and and so there's there's no surprise there but even just thinking like in Romans where where God talks about giving people over to their own desires and i i think that ties in 
here to all all of this. Um, I guess just that I shouldn't be surprised when when I look at the world and it looks like it's falling apart. But then the other very important thing I need to remember is if you back up to John uh, 3, 16 and 17, mm. John 3, 16 says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Mm. That whoever, I think, means anybody, literally, whoever believes in him. Um, and then John 7, or verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. And I'm so quick to condemn the world mm. when I see rulers attacking other countries or I see whatever it is, I'm so quick to condemn and say, take out this person. Ta mm. This person, I hate this person. This person makes me so mad. And that's what the the Jewish people were expecting. That's what the Pharisees were expecting. They were expecting Jesus to come in and overthrow the Roman Empire and take out these people. So that might be part of why they missed him the first time. <laughs> but I just have to hear God's heart in that, that none should perish but have eternal life. This light and darkness isn't for me to say the world's dark and horrible and good riddance. Get rid of it but it's to be a sobering reminder that the world needs the good news and they need the light and they need Jesus. And part of that responsibility is with me to share it. Mm -hmm. Like you talked about Jesus being black and white. There really is light and dark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is darkness. There is light. And for as confused as the world has gotten, like you're talking about, Mike, the answer still hasn't changed 2,000 <laughs> years later. Still him. One answer. <laughs> Still one answer. Still look to Jesus and see him as the only thing that heals you. Yeah. And there it is. He is the only thing that saves you. And that that answer is still like his death and sacrifice on the cross is still enough. Yeah. For mm -hmm. all the evil in the world today. It was enough to cover yeah. the sins of the people 2,000 years ago and us today and everything in between. Like it hasn't lost its power. It hasn't lost its sufficiency. Like it's still it's still enough. His love and forgiveness is still enough to save us and the world and <laughs> the person down the street and the person that we hate and the person that we, you know, in our family who we're praying for. And he is enough for the whole world and his love covers the world, which is just like hard for my little brain to comprehend, yeah. you know, because sometimes it feels like my own sin is like, oh, this is too much. No, Jesus's sacrifice and his forgiveness covers all of my sin easily yeah. and, and everyone else's. It's <laughs> just mind blowing. It's mm -hmm. just really mind blowing. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.